Hello, Crossroads and guests. This is Pastor Lee. We're so glad that you've tuned in to our podcast today. I want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out my blog at pastorlee.org, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope the message today inspires and encourages you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. I'm going to keep teaching on this series, My Imperfect Life, and we're going to dance around a little bit in the scripture, Um, but if you want to turn somewhere where we're really going to focus this morning, turn to Luke chapter 23, verse 39, Luke 23, verse 39, but before we go there, I want to read to you out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. And this is the prophet foretelling the coming of Jesus Christ. It says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom. There will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Can anybody say amen to that? There will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun the land of Natali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Everybody say that, a light has dawned. Amen. This morning I want you to know without Christ we live in darkness. Darkness is a blind place. It's a place that we can't find our way. It's a place of great distress because you're not sure where you're going or how you're going to get there or where you're supposed to be. There is no meaning. There is no purpose. It is difficult because you can't find people to support you. You can't find people who are going to be there for you because everything is dark and everything is gloomy. Everything is bad. The word here, darkness, it means uh, a straight, a very narrow place. And so in the darkness, life becomes very narrow, very confined. It's as if we're in a prison where we can't break out and become what we want to become and be what we want to be. Our family's not what it, we want it to be. And we look around at our life and, and everything that we dreamed about and dreamed for isn't coming to pass because we can't find our way. It's not that we don't want to get there. It's not that we don't want to be happy. It's not that we don't want to have healthy families. or It's not that we don't want to enjoy life. But we're not sure how to get there because we're groping around in the dark and it is difficult. It's like we're stuck and we're trying to find something that we don't know what it is and we don't know how to get there and we don't know how to find it. And so we just kind of grope around in the dark trying to find a little bit of pleasure. And life becomes one tiny little pleasure after another but never really enjoying life the way God has intended for us to enjoy him. There is no contrast in darkness. And so you can't see uh, anything but that. That's all you can see. And if you have ever lived in depression, if you've ever been in a very dark place, you can't see anything else. You can't see out. You can't see a way. You can't see hope. You can't find God. Even if you say that you believe in God, you can't find him in that moment because it's just so heavy. The scripture talks about One of the plagues in Egypt, it said that a darkness fell over the land that you could feel. You ever been in such a dark place that you could feel it? 
and you don't know how to get out, and you don't know where to go, and you can't even find anybody that can help you. There, there was no contrast. But the scripture says that when Christ came, that a light has dawned. Amen. And because Christ has come, we don't have to live in darkness. We don't have to live in that place. We don't have to stay in a place where we are stuck, confused, angry, bitter. We don't have to stay in a place where we can't find our way out because a light has shown the way. Jesus said that he is the way and the truth and the life. Amen. So because a light has dawned, then there is victory. The scripture in Psalm 18, 11, it says, talking about God, it said, he made darkness his covering. His canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. You see, the, the brightness of God is, is surrounded. He is shrouded in darkness, and we can't always see him. And, and when you look at your life without Christ, God, the Father, and everything he is, all the love that he is, all the mercy he is, all the wisdom he is, is shrouded in darkness, and you can't find him. But when you have Christ, Christ becomes the light that shines the way, and he shows the way, and suddenly there, there is something better. And so if you have come here today and there is a, a deep darkness over you, I just want you to know a light has dawned. There is hope. You don't have to live in defeat. Victory is ours. The Bible says that faith is our victory. If you got faith today, then victory is coming. You may not feel it today. You may not see it today, but it is on its way because that's the promise of God that when I live by faith, there is victory and it's coming. Amen. And we don't have to get stuck groping around trying to figure out our way. All we got to do is find him and he leads the way. Amen. We no longer have to be slaves to sin, we no longer have to be slaves to our imperfections. Everything that we worry about that keeps us from. See, God, God says, I, I have come that you might have abundant life. And he has all these wonderful plans for us that he has mapped out. And he has a plan for our life. The scripture says that every day of my life has been ordained by him. There is a purpose in it to get me into the place that he wants me to be. But I got all this stuff inside of me that, that keeps me from moving where I need to move. I got insecurities. I got sin. I, I got this feeling like I'm not good enough, like Jayla said. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not any of those. And all these things, and God is saying, let's go, let's move, let's move. And we're saying, well, I can't because I don't know how to do this, and I don't know how to say that, and I can't do this, and I can't. And all that stuff is going, but a light has dawned. And we don't have to live like that. Amen. This morning, I want you to know that victory over every sin, every imperfection, every addiction is yours for the taking. It's yours for the taking. Amen. First John chapter one, verse five, it says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Amen? To break the chains of our imperfections, we must learn how to walk in the light. Amen? If you remember last week, I was talking and I said, uh, talked about Jesus and his words. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You remember that? And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And yet he has called me to be perfect. He says, be perfect, therefore, as the heavenly father is perfect. So how can this burden 
of being perfect be light. And if you remember, what he said is just come to me. If you'll come to me, then I will cleanse you. You come to me and I will heal you. You come to me and I'll begin to repair what other people have done and the damage that has been done. I will be your healer. And as you come unto me, then I will cleanse you of all unrighteousness and I will cleanse you of all sin and I will give you the confidence you need and I will build you up in my name so that as we come unto Christ, he begins to perfect us. I want you to know you have no pressure today to perfect yourself. In fact, you can't. Amen. I have sat in front of a mirror and I have gone, but hair doesn't come out. I mean, I've tried to force it out, but nothing comes out. You understand what I'm saying, don't you, brother? Amen. You can't, I, I can't grow my own hair and I can't make myself holy. I cannot sanctify myself. I can't save myself. I can't save you. I can't sanctify any. All the burden is on our Lord Jesus Christ. All we got to do is come unto him. Amen. We have to walk in the light. So I want to go a little bit deeper uh, today from last week. It says the light has dawned. Coming from, from West Texas. It's just flat. So when the sun begins to rise in the morning, the whole sky changes colors. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But if you were to look and find exactly where the sun's at, there's only a small portion of the sun that you can see. Dawn is when only a portion is there. And so the the prophet, he says, a light has dawned, and truly a light has dawned, and that is good news for us. Amen? But at dawn, you only see a portion. You don't see everything. You don't get the full measure of the light. It's not like it is when the sun is at its highest and at its peak. And one of the reasons that I believe that we stay in bondage to our imperfections and our sin is because we try to live off the dawn of Christ. And we try to live off just a portion And God has said, I want you to have the full measure of all that I am. Not just a little bit, not just a portion, but all that I am. Amen? And so a lot of times we think, well, if I get just a little bit of Jesus, if I go to church just a little bit, read the Bible just a little bit, pray a little bit, then everything will begin to work out. But then it doesn't work out because we're still in bondage to all this stuff. We're dealing with all this stuff. And then we're asking God, why why don't you deliver me? And the reason is because we're still trying to live by the dawn. Only a portion. And God is saying, I want you to come into the light. Walk into the light. Don't look at the dawn from afar off, but walk into the light. Amen? The chains of our imperfections will never be broken in the light of dawn. It's only when light is exalted to its highest place or there are no shadows. Amen? We have to walk in the light. In John chapter 12... We see that the light of the world is exalted to the highest place at the crucifixion. John 12, verse 31, it says, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. 
Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. Amen? It was 9 a.m. And Jesus had already been arrested. He'd gone through all the trials. They'd lied about him and beat him. He had already been down in the dungeon with the Roman soldiers where they had mocked him, pulled his beard, spit at him. And at 9 a.m., they, they laid him on top of the wood, and they nailed him to the cross, and they lifted him up. And Jesus had said, it's when the Son of Man is lifted up that all men will be drawn unto him, that he is the light of the world. When we see Jesus hanging on the cross, it is the light of the world being exalted to the highest place on this earth. We know that after he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven, and the scripture says that God gave him the highest place of all places in heaven at his right hand. But on earth in his ministry, the highest place where he was lifted up was the cross. And like a street lamp at midnight, the crucifixion illuminated the darkness of man. Jesus was not just anybody else. Jesus was somebody who had come. He had lived a life without sin, which means everything he did was love. He, had, he loved perfectly. He did everything that was right for every person at every moment. All, all he did was go around giving people hope. All he did was go around healing. All he did was go around teaching. All he did was go around helping people find who God was. All he did was do good things. And then they lied about him. And they beat him, and they tortured him, and they nailed him to a cross. Evil is evil. But in this moment, you have the wickedness of man who's taken the only son of God and mutilated his body, stripped the flesh from his bones, made fun of him. And when you see wickedness attack innocence, it is difficult. When I watch the news and I see children that are abducted or women that are raped or things like this, it is an unbelievable, awful feeling. But to think this man was not just anybody else. He was the Messiah. And he had done nothing but good for everybody. And they still nailed him to the cross. It was the wickedness of man crucifying the light of God. And, and the goodness of Christ hanging on the cross illuminated the wickedness. It illuminated the selfishness. This is why, this is why we can never forget the cross. There, there are so many movements now in, in Christianity of people getting away from the cross and saying, well, if you're just a good person, I want to tell you today, everything goes back to the cross. If you don't have the cross, you don't have nothing. Everything goes back to that moment where he gave his life for my sin and for your sin. Amen. And we can never forget that. This is the moment where we look and we see all of the wickedness of man in, in falling upon God's only son. So that in this very moment, the, the absolute purity of God is being crucified. It, it's God himself and they are nailing him to a cross and they're making fun of God himself. 
It's only at the cross where, where we see the, the, the true measure of our sin. It's where I see everything that I need to be saved from. You see, it's one thing for me to think, well, I've got a list of things that I shouldn't do, and I keep doing those things. Well, I've got to stop doing those. But it's personal because the things that I did put him on the cross. And so it's on the cross. It's only at the cross that I can look and see everything that is in me that I have done to him. Everything that I have done that caused him to be on the cross. Everything that, that, that is inside of me that needs to be forgiven. It's only at the cross that you see the power of darkness. It's at the cross that you see the power of the enemy. It's at the cross where you see that this, uh, this enemy that never relents in pursuing us, trying to get us. It, it is only at the cross where you see the victory of God. It, it's at the cross you see all the demons coming against him, but it's at the cross where he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You can't even make him sin on the cross. The devil's trying to get everything to disturb him and make everything not right. And even then he is holy. So it's only at the cross that I see the wickedness in me. And it's only at the cross that I see the grace in him. The power to be set free. The power to be set free from my imperfection. The power to be set free from my depression. The power to be set free from my horrible anger. From my addiction. From my pride. From my lust. Because it's at the cross that I see the blood that is shed that washes away all my sin. Amen. Never forget the cross. If you're going to walk in the light, you've got to carry the cross close. Because that's where it all begins. Amen. Luke 23, verse 39. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And on either side of him are two criminals. Verse 39, it says, one of, the criminals, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Are you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me at paradise. You see, we have to remember the cross. That's where it all begins. But at the cross, there is a choice. At the cross, you had one criminal, and all he wanted was freedom from pain. He just wanted everything to be easy. He wanted everything to be good. He said, just get me down off this cross. I don't want to answer for what I've done. I don't want to talk to anybody about the sins I've committed. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. Just get me down off the cross. The other criminal, he was not concerned about freedom from pain, but freedom from sin. And there is a choice right there. And and if I'm going to walk in the light, I have to make a choice where I am more concerned about being free from my sin and healed from my imperfections than I am about an easy life. Because what did he do? 
He said to Jesus, save yourself and us. This thief, this criminal, equated himself with God and said, you, you do it for you and do it for me because we're the same. Anytime you are more worried about having an easy life and you're just trying to escape pain and all you can think about is, well, I just want, I just want everything to be easy. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to worry. I don't want to stress. I want to not have any money problem. I don't want any relationship. I don't want no drama. If that's your number one priority, then you will equate yourself with God because you'll never see your own sin. It's everybody else's fault. Everybody else did it. The reason I'm suffering is because of you, and I don't like you no more, so leave me alone. You see, if, if, if all I can think about it every day when I get up, if all I can think about is I want everything to go smooth, I want people to like me, I want, at work, I want to do well. I don't want any problems. I don't want any pain in my body, pain in my mind, pain in my soul. If all I'm worried about is I just want everything to be easy, then I'm never going to look inside myself and say, what needs to be cleansed out of me? It's only when I make a choice that I'm more concerned about being free and being pure in Christ that I begin to say, Lord, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And some of us have spent so much time blaming everybody else because we just want them. You know, my life would be good if you would just be nice to me. If you'd just be nice to me. If you just quit driving like a wild banshee, then I'd be okay. If you just quit cutting me off, if you just quit saying, if you just quit sending me those nasty emails, then my life would be good. The problem is if I'm always focused on what you're doing wrong, I'm never looking at me. And the sin in me will destroy me. And my life still won't be good. Are y'all with me this morning? You see, when my priority is to escape struggles, then I'll make myself like God. I'll never confess. I'll put the blame on everybody else. I will see pain as my enemy more than I see sin as my enemy. I will work for comfort more than healing. I'll work for pleasure more than restoration, because I just want everything to be easy. And when we do that, we don't walk in the light. We can't walk in the light if our priority is to avoid suffering. We can only walk in the light when we choose the suffering of repentance. Why don't we repent? Because we don't want to admit it. We don't want to say, you know, I lust. We don't want to say, well, I lie. We don't want to say all that. Have you ever gotten a fight with your spouse and, and after a while you realize you're wrong, but you're not going to say it anyway? <clears throat> you're just still going to hold on. You know you, know, you know you did it, but you don't care. You're still going to blame them. Amen? Yeah, I hear you laughing. You know what I'm saying. That's pride. It's pride. And, and, and so what happens is it, I don't want the suffering of repentance. I don't want to have to say, you know, I was the one that was wrong. I was the one that messed up. I was the one that sinned. I was the one who, who was too insecure. I was the one who was too touchy. I was the one who got offended too easy. I was the one because all of these things reflect something in me that's not right. And I don't like to admit that because it feels weak. But what does Jesus say? That in my power, in my weakness, his power is made perfect. 
That's the whole thing about our imperfections. I have to be able to embrace them. I got to be able to say, I'm not perfect. I have never been perfect. I will never be perfect, but I serve a perfect God who can heal me and restore me and make me like him. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and if, I, if I don't embrace it, if I don't sit here and say, you know, sometimes I just get it all wrong. And if I get too prideful in an argument, if I, if I do all that stuff, then I cannot walk in the light. It goes back to the cross. My sin hangs him on the nails. My sin put him there. And my sin dies there. When I give it to him. Amen. When I confess my sins, when I acknowledge that I struggle, there is a transference that takes place from me to him so that my sin gets placed upon his back. And my imperfections are made right through his grace. And where I need to be restored and made new, it is done by his mercy. And there is a transfer where I'm giving it away. If I don't give it away, then I keep it. And when I keep it, I don't admit it. And when I don't admit it, I don't deal with it. So then I live my whole life being easily offended. I live my whole life getting angry too easy. I live my whole life being insecure. I live my whole life doing a... And what happens is we use our insecurities trying to insulate the pain. Why do I lie to you? Because I don't want you to be mad at me because it feels bad. So I will lie to you and make you think that I did something good when I didn't really do anything good. Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We, 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 we get depressed and we walk around. Now, in, in some ways, and I, and, and I don't want to make light of depression, in some ways we're under this cloud. But what is it doing for us? When I'm walking around like that, there's somebody walking around patting me on the back saying, you'll be all right, you're going to be okay, and we need that. But when we go too far in excess, now we're using the depression to insulate the pain because we're trying to get everybody else to say, oh, poor baby. We use anger. I've been hurt by too many people. You get too close to me, I'm going to lash out at you to make sure you don't get too close. And we use our sin, we use our imperfections to insulate us from the suffering that is caused by everybody else. And we're like the criminal who says, just save me, God. Don't hold me accountable. Don't fix me. Don't make things right. Just get me off the cross. And we never grow. And the power of sin is stuck on us. But when I confess my sin, the Bible says that when you confess that he is faithful to forgive. Amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. When I'm confessing to the Lord, I don't always feel forgiven. But I trust in his promise. He says I'm forgiven. I'll remind myself. I say, Lord, I I receive your forgiveness. I don't feel it but I receive it by faith. I'm going to walk as if I'm forgiven. I still want to beat myself up. If I could punch myself in the face, I would. But I, but I, I can't reach that far around. And, and, and so, but I trust the Lord. He's forgiven me. And if he's forgiven me, then any kind of guilt that I have is not from God. The Bible says I've been cleansed of a guilty conscience. Amen. And so whenever that guilt comes in, I got to set it out. 
I got to get rid of when I start feeling stress, when I start feeling anxiety, when all those things come, I got to get them out because none of that is from God. That is all the power of sin. But at the cross, when I realize and I confess my sin, then my sin is transferred to him and I am united in him in the crucifixion. I'm united with him in the suffering. And I suffer because I confess. He suffers because he's my sacrifice. But then my sin dies at the cross. And so when it dies, the power of sin is broken. And, and so now, anytime I call upon the name of Jesus, the, there is power in the name. That's what we've seen. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why? Because he took my sin, killed it on the cross so that I could be free. Amen. I don't even know if you're listening today. You hear what I'm saying? Luke 23, verse 44. I'm going to try to finish. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until 3 in the afternoon. Jesus was nailed to the wood at 9 a.m. It was light for three hours. They beat him, mocked him, did all kinds of things to him. But after three hours, about noon, darkness came over the whole land until 3 in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who had gathered to witness the sight and saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. At the place where the sun should have been at its highest, it went dark. And it says, as people were watching this, they beat their breasts. This was a sign of mourning. Because when you see the effect of your sin, it should create a mourning in you. Amen? I want to read to you what it says in the prophet Amos. This is powerful. Prophet Amos prophesying about this day, the day of the crucifixion. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious festivals into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like mourning as if for your only son. Because that's what he was to the father. Jesus, the only son. And the end of the day will be bitter. You cannot walk in the light unless you make a choice that you want to be free from sin, that you want to be healed from imperfection, that you want to be made whole. And I want you to see that it was dark for three hours, which means none of this is easy. It doesn't just happen and it's done. You you don't get depressed and say the name Jesus and suddenly you're not depressed anymore. But as you walk in the light, as you stay with him, then he cleanses and he heals and he restores. Amen? And you have to look and see all the damage that's being done. I have testified to you many times about 
my own life and who I was. And, and I was a liar, and I was prideful, and um, had a bad temper. But I didn't change because I read the Bible and it said I shouldn't do that. I changed when I began to see the people I was hurting. When I began to, to really look and see what, what I was doing to my family, to my wife, to my kid. And it was my love for them when I said, I don't want to be like this anymore. But here we have the prophet Amos saying it's, it's more than that. It's personal with your Savior. You see, holiness is not a list of rules you follow. Holiness is about loving God too much to keep offending. God refers to sin as adultery, trying to help us understand what he feels like whenever we sin. Imagine a, a, a spouse, and some of you have been through this, where they cheat on you. So every time I lie, every time I sin, every, every time I shrink back, the Bible says don't shrink back because you're a creation of God. So don't shrink back in your insecurity. Don't shrink back in your imperfection. But understand that I am with you at every step that you take, every place that you go, you'll find success, the Bible says. But when I shrink back, I'm hurting his heart. And who is he? He's God Almighty. He's the one who saved me, the one who died for me, the one that's got me through all the mess. He's the one that's fixed everything I've done wrong. He's the one that's taken the worst days of my life and taught me lessons on how to turn life around. To walk in the light, not only do I have to mourn the effect of what I've done, but I've got to celebrate that I'm forgiven. If you don't mourn, if you don't look at the effects of, our, of your sin, if you don't look at the effect. So, some of you have, have, have had a life that has been so much less than what God wanted because you felt like you weren't good enough, you weren't strong enough, you weren't big enough, you weren't whatever enough. And you have shrunk back from that. And because of that, it has an effect on your life, an effect on other people around you. There are blessings that you've missed out on because you allowed the imperfection and all that stuff to control you. But Jesus is saying, a light has dawned in your life. And victory is yours for the taking. And you don't have to be a slave anymore to the chains of sin. You don't have to be a slave to the chains of depression. You don't have to be a, a slave to the sins of love. You don't have to be a slave to anything except Jesus Christ. Amen? He says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. When I, when I, when I finally see everything that I've done, and the effect of it. And then he says, I forgive it all. I forgive it all. You see, if I just accept the forgiveness and never look at what I've done, I miss how grand the forgiveness is. 
But when I fully accept what I've done and the effects of it, then when I receive his forgiveness, it is overwhelming. And it makes me want to be different. It makes me want to change. This morning, you can use your imperfections. You can use your sins to continue to insulate you from the pain of life. Or you can confess your sin. You can confess that you need healing. And you can be united with the one who can heal you and put all your sin to death. That you might be free. Amen. I've asked them to sing a a song. And what I want you to do, just bow your heads with me for a minute. I'm really not interested in... You know, how many people come to church or, you know, the the great commandment is not fill up the church. It's to make disciples. And, 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 oh, the Lord is wanting to do so much in your life. And you've let what your mama said and what your daddy said control you for too long. And so today, if there's sin in your life, confess it to him. Confess it. Allow yourself to embrace it and see the damage that has been done, that you might mourn over what you've done, that you would receive forgiveness in the grandest way. If you need healing today, confess it, that you're not whole, that you have been wounded, that somebody who should have loved you didn't, that somebody who should have been there left That somebody who should have put their arm around you, betrayed you, just confess it to him so that he can replace what you have missed. So that he can fill you with what they never gave you. And as you confess this to him, you will be united with him. And the blood of the lamb will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As they begin to sing, I want you to just have time with the Lord right where you're at and just begin to talk to him and confess. And when you begin to sense a new day, when you begin to sense a new season, when hope is restored to you that things are going to be different, then I want to encourage you to stand. The Bible says to lift up your holy hands. To lift up your holy hands. And I want to encourage you to do that. Here's what the scripture says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend to the mountain of God? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. And who does not trust in an idol. And so as the Lord begins to to give you forgiveness and healing, to stand and lift up your hands as a sign, I'm letting all that go. I'm clean before God. I receive his forgiveness and I receive his healing. As they begin to sing, you pray. And then you stand for a new day. Hey, I just want to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. 
Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.